Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. Today on the show, I thought it'd be a perfect time to talk about recession-proofing your business. I feel like everyone is talking about this, but no one is really providing what it actually means and what it means for your business. We also want to provide you with action steps and what you really need to know to recession-proof not only your business, but your personal life as well. This is the Fit CFO Show. Today, we are back with Sean and Amanda, Fit CFO Show. I feel like every weekend, and then we come on and do a podcast, every weekend is crazy. Yeah, and absolutely nuts. So Sean's two weeks out from his competition. If any of you have been following us along on social media, we've kind of been giving you some updates. He's got total prep face going on. I'm going to try to make (laughs) some real clips out of this video or out of this podcast today because you got to see the prep face. (laughs) The beard covers it up pretty darn good. It does. Yeah, it does. But there's still prep face going on. But no, he's doing good. He's been working really hard. Very, very proud of the hard work you put in. You're very much an example of, I don't know, just this, this space in general. I feel like that's what we wanted to bring to this space that we get it. We get what it's like to be a hardworking entrepreneur in the health and fitness space. We live it every single day. And, um, you know, I think that's what makes us unique in the, in the financial world. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, this journey has just been, um, different than the prior ones. Uh, I don't know if that's just learning more and more about the nutrition and the training side of things, but um, knock on wood here, uh, this uh, prep has been pretty freaking awesome. And I can't wait to get on stage and show everybody what I've been working on. And I know I'm going to beat the last physique. So I think that's all that matters is just getting better every day. And um, I'm ready, August 13th. Yeah, absolutely. You are going to be ready. Well, on today's podcast, we thought it'd be such a great idea to bring up this conversation about recession. You know, I, I go through social media. Obviously, I do all of our social media and, and I just see so many influencers talking about the recession. And um, and I think it's an important topic to bring up, but I don't think there's a lot of enlightenment about what it really is and what it really means what it came from and what that means for you and your business specifically. And so I thought, why not have some financial professionals come on here and actually speak about what that means for them, for the health and fitness business owners, um, and then some things that they could do to make sure that they are prepared for it if they're in a position that they're concerned about right now. Yeah. And so that's really what we wanted to bring to you on this podcast. And then not only that, but in your business that will also help in your personal side as well. So anytime our business is going well, and we can be prepared in that area, that's going to help us on the the personal side too, which is going to make home life a lot better, which we're always a huge fan of making home life better as well. So 
let's get into it. I've written some questions because as you know, Sean is the finance guy and knows so much about this just from history, having gone through a recession as well, Mm -hmm. um, back in 2008 and from your, um, you know, certified financial planning perspective, um, what does a recession mean? Okay. So I guess before I kind of dive into that, I do want to kind of reiterate that I've been doing a lot of quarterly calls with clients. Um, and honestly, the recession talk has actually been brought up on almost every phone call of the coaches like, Hey, we're in recession, this and that. And it's like, okay. And we, we just dive in a little bit of what that means for them and their business, but there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear out there that I think um, maybe is, it could be warrant, but sometimes it's unnecessary. And I think it's brought on by big media and it's brought on by influencers, but we can jump into that here in a little bit. Um, To answer your question on his like recession. So historically the rule of thumb uh, if we're in a recession or not, is if we have two negative quarters of GDP, um, gross domestic product, basically output of goods and services. So is the economy slowing down? And that would which, need to be two consecutive quarters. Which we could see this coming, right? I mean, we had COVID and then the government was pumping funds into the economy to get people to spend money. There was no supply. So of course, prices were driven and driven and driven and people kept buying and buying and buying. And so, I mean, any normal human being could forecast this some to some capacity that it was going to happen. Absolutely. And then, so that's, that's the rule of thumb. And then, you know, obviously there's uh, more data points that go into that before the government's actually going to come out and say we're in a recession. So we just got some data points saying, yeah, we did have uh, a negative second quarter, which should put us what they say is in recession, but they have to revise some of the data because they take into um, account like unemployment rates, consumer sentiment, like how's, how's the consumers feeling? They take in business investments and a couple other factors before they come up with a final number. So are we? We don't know yet. Um, but it looks like that we're heading down the path. And like you said, we saw it coming. Like uh, what's what's going to happen when we spend and have all kinds of money and and access. And actually like through this COVID timeframe, the savings of households are higher than they ever have been. Like more but people have more not money than they ever and, have. The media you know. is not going to come out and say that because honestly, that doesn't sell. Like what sells no. is freaking people out. And so hearing things like that from an expert saying, savings are better than they've ever been. I mean, that's really good to hear. That's a positive thing. Of course, that's yeah. not going to sell, but it's- yeah, and we need to keep an eye on as long as people have paychecks, like unemployment rate is still extremely low right now. So if they have money in the bank and their paychecks keep coming, we should be fine. We could weather the storm. You know, obviously the inflation of higher gas and groceries and things can eat into those savings, but we can see, I mean, that can be a, a quite a time frame before we know for sure, but we probably could outlast this as long as, you know, inflation can be um, spurred a little bit and brought back down and unemployment stays low. I mean, we could get out of this pretty good. Um, but I want to go back to the point where you're talking and I don't want to argue if we are or aren't in a recession, yeah. but I want to go back to, like you said, the, the media and the influencers, typically they have something to sell you. Yeah. So what is going to sell better? 
something that's all hunky dory and everything's fine, or something that's sexy, emotionally crazy shit. Like if you don't you do something right now, you're not going to be in a good financial position later. So do it now. Most of it is sold off of fear and it mm-hmm. creates the anxiety and they get what they want and people buy more of it. Yep. Yeah. And I think too, like, it's almost like the media wants to emulate this picture of, you know, like the great depression era of, oh my gosh, like we're not going to have enough scarcity and supply is going to run out and, you know, we're doomed. And it's like, that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's, we live in the best, I guess, era that there's ever been. That's not going to truly happen. Yeah. But so I would have to say, no wonder why it's all over the news in the reels. People are selling shit. Yep. Um, but let's, let's, yep. you know, we need to dive in there and, and give people the true facts of what's happening. Um, yeah. And I think and- that's the best way. I mean, anytime you go and speak with a physician or an attorney or any professional, um, they are going to say, does the benefit outweigh the risk? Let's yeah. look at both sides of that. And that's all we want to bring to you today is here are some facts about what the recession is, what that means for you and your business. And here are some things that we can do to be prepared if you feel you have a concern. Yeah. And I would have to say, historically, there's a lot of wealth lost in these recession and bear markets because of the human behavioral behavioral side of thing and the emotion bad decisions get made. So prime example, not sticking to a plan and kind of going with the herd of, oh man, everything's crashing. And you potentially could sell your business, sell your investments at the worst time ever because of the emotion. And I think Warren Buffett said it best. And I think we all need to remember this. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Ooh, I love that. I think that is such great advice. And honestly, it, it goes back to just taking emotion out of it because so often we buy things out of emotion. We make bad decisions out of emotion. Your clients have poor eating habits out of emotion. Not a lot of positive things happen when you are making decisions out of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of clients that have actually, um, this last quarter have had some of the best quarters ever, because they're, you know, now going to be greedy because others are fearful. They're going to be putting their foot on the gas. And then I've other, have other clients come to me that are, are fearful and, and actually are taking the foot off the gas. And I know the ones that are having the most success are the ones that are staying after it and mm-hmm. keeping business going as, as is and not having the mindset that it's all crashing not believing into this fear and just keep believing into your systems and processes and your business and, and moving forward. And that's going to be the most success you could possibly have. Yeah. Just keep your head down, keep your blinders on. You know, we have this conversation quite often of keeping your blinders on because that is again, going to just trigger that fear, going to trigger that emotion. If you're constantly seeing what the other guy's doing or looking over here at what you should be doing, or maybe this isn't going right. And so then we need advice over here and and just put your head down so, and keep those blinders on. Yeah. Yeah. And don't fall into the trap. I mean, let, let's just a good example of, of selling um, maybe when it's possibly emotional um, pain and the media is getting at, at you. Look at prime example would be COVID mm-hmm. back in March, 2020, the markets were down 34% and people were selling 
their investments, selling things like fearful, stopping marketing, doing everything. The market was down 34%. Could you imagine selling your investments at that point in time? Because no, at that a lot time of when it's- are- are wreaking the benefits now, <laughs> but you can you imagine when it's down 34%, you get the media saying that it, where's the bottom, where's the bottom. So you go ahead and sell. And yeah. then what happens is you don't know when to get back in. And that is my friends. But then you of, have savvy investors who are fully taking advantage of those situations. Yeah. And, and, they and have, that's where the consumer or the uninformed or someone that doesn't have a plan, that's where they miss yeah. out is because then they don't know when to get back in. So like in 2020, it actually finished up 16%. And then in 2021, it actually finished up 27%. I don't have my nerdy calculator here, but you'd have to have lost a lot of money selling at the bottom of COVID because of fear and not stick into your plan. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, that's where the, historically where you have bad experiences and investments and businesses because you're hitting the lows and you're hitting the highs. So like, for example, you come back in and late 2021, when we're, when everybody's greedy again and the market's going well, and then now we hit a 2022, now you're buying high high and it's just a cycle of this keeps happening and happening over over time. Yeah. You're just going to keep losing your ass. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Stick to a plan. Stick to a plan. <laughs> yes, that is that is honestly have, or, your. I guess have a strategy. You know, have a yeah. strategy. Stick to the plan. Have a coach. Have a mentor. Someone's going to guide you through this. And keep your blinders on throughout, mm-hmm. because you have somebody that you trust and knows your best interest, knows your goal, and has you mm-hmm. on a path to achieve that. You can be immune to everything else. Because Absolutely. it's already taken care of. Honestly, that's why your clients hire you. You know, Sean and I were talking just the other day, like with your bodybuilding prep plan. Like, if you didn't have a coach, you would have been slashing your carbs, trying to suck out all the fat. Like, yep. you would have been doing so many things to almost self sabotage your progress. Mm-hmm. But you chose a coach, you stuck to the plan, and you are seeing those benefits yep. amplified now. Yep. Because you know, of that. Working with Jason, I got a plan. I don't have to think about it. I know he knows what he's doing no matter where I'm at in my prep journey. And the exact same thing is when you work with a, a professional that's been through recessions, that's been through the the economic, you know, bear time bear markets um, that have navigated clients before, they're gonna allow you to, you know, stick to a plan and then you don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. So let's move on to the historic recessions is specifically 2008. So just to give a little background, 2008 from, from my, um, I guess, general population perspective, what happened in 2008 is banks were giving mortgages uh, to anybody and everybody at a super low rate and the housing market was insane and it created what they called this bubble and ultimately it, it blew up. Yeah. And that's ultimately what caused the recession back in 2008. But from an expert point of view, could you elaborate on that? <laughs> it was it was the creative financing uh, of mortgages that had a lot to do with it. Whereas, What do you mean by people- creative financing? You know, there was uh, options to get loans without proof of income. Mm. 
um, there were options to get um, additional funds out of your house. So like you could refinance your house, get a home equity line of credit for 120% of your home value. Oh, wow. And there were was just it because all kinds of creative. Of, was it because of like the lower level lenders wanting to make a commission or what was ultimately the There was reason? a lot of subprime lending going on. At, like why at would that the time. banks do that? Well, uh, I would have to say greed because historically real estate has never gone down in value um, up to that like point. Like, okay. you know, God's not creating any more land. Not, you know, that's sure. real estate. <laughs> right. uh, you can't get any more of it. So Real I think that's a country song a, now. <laughs> had been a, an asset class that just always appreciated. So, in the banking environment, you feel like you know if, as if the asset's going to appreciate over time, it's fine. You could even if the homeowner would default, you would have an asset valued higher than the loan wow. at point in time. And so what to it, happened, them, it was a win-win. Yeah. So then it happened is the defaults started happening left and right. And then it just became a fire sale and there was too much supply of houses on the market and the real estate market so crashed. defaults happened so yeah. quickly at one time. That um, then, the, then the supply, yeah, there was just more houses and people couldn't afford them. And then the banks were getting pulled back on the lending and getting stuck with the houses. And then they were just selling them off for pennies on the, uh, not pennies on the dollar, but like probably 30, 40 cents on yeah, the dollar. Right. And then so what happened now the real estate market crashed or as in went down and it wasn't necessarily the investment that was always going to go up. And um, that recession did take a couple of years and boy, did we fly out of it once the economy did change around um, probably the market low would have been what March of 2009, somewhere around there. And then by 2010, 2011, we were pretty much back out of it. So, I mean, so the recession how often does a recession happen. And so this is a two part question. How often does a recession happen? And is it always triggered by some large economic event like that? Yeah, typically it's going to, and there's been so many economic events that haven't put us into recession, but typically it's a big event. And historically over the last hundred years, we've had 17, 18 recessions, um, which oh, wow. would say about every five to seven years, we we are in a recession. Um, and they have There's an ebb and flow to everything, huh? Yeah. Historically, they've lasted about 18 months. But what happens is we forget about the last recession. We just remember the good times. Um, as in, you know, we just remember this last decade of the market did nothing but go up. We don't remember the couple hundred percent return that we got on our investments and our real estate going up and the economy. All we do is remember now is, is the market's down and we're in a recession and shit's going to hit the fan. But mm -hmm. let's look back at the historic part of this that it does happen. We just forget yeah. about it. And, and it's going to happen again in the future. We so just have to be prepared you said it for happens it. Every five to seven years, has it happened since 2008, 2009? So the it has not like... We haven't been in recession since that time frame, so it's been okay. a little bit longer. Sure. You you could could you know the COVID time frame was more of a bear market, just a quick one. But yeah, no, we haven't necessarily been in uh, an economic recession since the 
the mortgage crisis of 2008. So we've had a good run. So it was time. (laughs) Right. We we were a little overdue. And that's why I'm just saying sometimes these resets are good and and these resets are where people can take advantage of maybe some lump sums of money that have been sitting on the side or maybe some other ideas um, that can work for you. Because it has been so good for so long. There should be some there should be some additional things that we could be doing right now. And speaking of that, like let's get into prepping ourselves and our businesses for a recession. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that'll be good to to move into preparing for the recession as in we want to make sure financially that if it does get hard, we're prepared for it. So I think a lot of, um, the next talking points that we need to go over here is just making sure that we set up a plan um, of an attack that we can grind through a particular recession if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, we're going to be completely fine. Yeah. So prepping your business for a recession. So instead of getting scared, let's get proactive. And so here are five steps you can now take to recession-proof your business for the new near future. Um, And the first one is to amp up your savings now so that you have cash for later. Mm -hmm. This is, I think one of the most important things is cash is king. And I feel like if we have cash on the sidelines, if a recession does happen, now it's our time to be greedy and we can take advantage of certain things in the market. And without that, you know, cash, then we're going to be stuck in position and not being able to put our foot on the gas and continue through some of this. And obviously with low cash, I don't know what everybody else is thinking that's listening to this, but when I uh, ever had low cash, then that creates additional anxiety and fear. So well, and I- it not only creates additional anxiety and fear for you at home and in, or in the business, but also you know, you bring that home to your families and things get a little frictiony there as well. I mean, it's, it's just overall it, it impacts your overall life it when does. you don't have cash it and really you don't does. have financial security. Mm-hmm. So let's increase our savings. So step number one. Yeah, absolutely. So cash is king, increase your savings, start amping that up now. Um, number two, now this may seem odd, but it makes sense when we explain it is to slow down on accelerating debt payoff. Now, what we mean by that is if you are paying it down additional, um, so like for your mortgage, for example, if you're paying down additional principal, you may want to just pay down what you need to be, or pay what you need to be paying, what your standard mortgage rate is instead of paying down extra. Um, Leave your cash for the unknown and pay the additional interest for right now. And let's define what types of debt in particular we're talking about here. So we talked about the home mortgage. Uh, Student loans is another one. Um, uh, If you have a rental property, uh, that's another one. Credit cards. Well, in student loans too, a lot of times there's deferral things that you can take advantage of if you need to Um, save up some extra cash. Yep. 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 Like you said, rental mortgage, Credit cards sometimes. Now that credit card uh, might even sound like, what the heck are you talking about? Credit cards? You don't mean we're not saying skip your payment. We're not saying skip your payment, but if you are paying an accelerated amount on your credit card, just slow that down for the time being and put that cash aside. 
Yeah. And it's going to be a higher rate. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. it might not make the most financial sense right now, right. but it's going to make the most it's emotional like- impact down the road when you have cash on the sideline, when you need it. Yep. Yep. We're not taking the Dave Ramsey approach right now because we are preparing ourselves and our business for a recession. Yeah. And then uh, lines of credit. So a lot of times with lines of credit, you just have interest due or the interest due is due upon the note once the annual renewal happens. So you don't even need to really pay any principal down on the line of credit until you need to of like the note comes due. And usually most banking institutions, if you pay down on at least the interest, they'll renew the note anyway. So don't accelerate anything right now, build up cash. And number three, don't add more monthly liability obligations heading into a time of the unknown, meaning don't take out more debt. Right. And even if our business is doing fine, like maybe we delay buying the new business vehicle. Maybe we delay um, implementing something into our business that's going to cost us monthly obligations or monthly commitment just for this time of unknown. Now, there's always it's not a one size fits all. It's definitely a depends here. I mean, just depends on your business structure, your business cash and on the sidelines, but and just a high level, we're saying don't be adding mm-hmm. monthly obligations. And we're not saying this we're heading forever. We just don't know what in the hell is going to be happening yeah. for the next few months. So just hold right. tight for a few months. Yep. Yep. And number four, um, lines of credit. Make sure you have a line of credit available for your business. Um, we've talked about this a lot before, but have the line of credit before you need it because when you are in a time of hardship, banks are not going to want to lend to you. But there are a few things that you want to keep in mind about having a line of credit. Yeah. And you're going to get tired of us saying this is cash is king. And it's because of this reason right now. Um, It's because I've been through recessions and I've seen this before. Banks line of credits, um, they actually have the ability that they can shut off the line of credit if they want to. They can actually close out the line of credit, even though you have plenty of access, um, a high credit limit, and you'd have a small balance. If shit hits the fan in the banking institutions, um, you would maybe potentially not have a line of credit because the bank needs to protect themselves. And oh, what's due immediately. So keep in mind, uh, we all want a line of credit because that is an extra backstop that we have to have in business, but we go back to having cash is because that is a risk at, at a potential like crisis. So yeah. just keep that in mind. And I've seen it before going through the 2008 recession. Yep, absolutely. And number five, don't invest money you'll need in the next 12 months. Again, this goes back to cash is king. We don't know what's going to be happening in the next few months. And so we want to make sure that we're not investing money and tying that up to where we don't have access absolutely. to it. Um, you know, and, and also don't make financial decisions based on fear or emotion. This is where having, you know, we've talked about this before, but having your business plan and sticking to it is important. Emotional decisions can wreck portfolios and businesses. Yeah. Now there's not a definite number of 12 months, right? It might be six months. It might be 18 months, might be 36 months. We don't know, but mm-hmm. just a rule of thumb, let's just, if if we're going to need the money in business or a particular outside investment outside of business, we don't need to be investing it. We don't need to be putting it to work that, that we couldn't have access to it. As long as it's liquid, we need liquidity. 
is what we're trying to get on this point is make sure you have money and then make sure it's available over the next 12 months. If you're not going to use the money in the next 12 months, 24 months, and this is long-term money, then that's a different story. You can start putting that to work probably at any time. Um, just work with a financial professional when that when you're going down that route. Yep, absolutely. All right. And on to the next, investing during a recession. Wow. This is you do that. <laughs> this is like like the brain explosion, well, explosion uh, emoji. Um, yeah. So, Sean, what is your take on investing I, during a recession? I know we've. I want to keep things. it. I want to keep it very simple, right? So, a lot of times uh, people overthink this. A lot of times people move um, their financial like order of operations, like they go from one to 10 overnight, meaning they go to the most complex things right away. Mm. Uh, a lot of the early entrepreneurs just need to start. Uh, is it just because of show? They want to show off their ability. Sexy. Or, they yeah. want to be, they want to be part of this group, this sexy influencer type of thing. But, sure. um, but what we need to do is even though if we're in recession, non recession, you got to continue, or if you're not doing it, make your reoccurring investments into your retirement accounts. Um, it doesn't matter if the market's up or down, you're going to be dollar cost averaging. So when the markets are down, you're going to be buying more and uh, more of the market. And when the market is up, you're going to be buying less. So over time, it's going to work itself out and we need time in the market. So far as long-term investments, I would say you need to continue making your recurring investments into your retirement accounts. Yeah. That's really good advice because not only not only because will it get easy to, so it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. If you press yes. the pump, the brakes on that, it's going to be hard to start that back up again. So yeah. first of all, and then second of all, we're going to go through recessions during retirement as well. We still have to have funds available at that point too. Yeah. So there's, there's not a perfect time. We can't time the market. We can't predict what direction is. So we just have to have time in the market and just by doing reoccurring investments of smaller amounts over time, it's not going to matter when it's high or low, because I look at the market in general is like a random walk all over the place. Right. But it, it, it eventually drifts upwards. So if you looked at the historic market over the last hundred years, it's a random walk, but it's a hell of a lot higher than it was a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be times of ups. There's going to be times of downs. We just have to get started. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good advice. Okay. So what if I have like a large lump sum of money that I'm not going to be needing? What do I do? Yeah, that is a million dollar question, right? No one has the crystal ball of what to do on that. Historically, if you had a large sum of money, it is time in the market. So if you went back and looked at data, you're usually always ahead by putting the money to work for you. Uh, and, and not worrying about the timing. Um, however, when we're looking at our current economy where interest rates are increasing like really rapidly, inflation's gone up, you know, I feel like it could be a time that maybe lump sum of money into the market all at once would not be a good emotional decision because gotcha. You know, if it would go down, it's like a greedy decision. Like you see it yeah. increasing. I want to get a piece of that. Let's throw yeah. some stuff in there. So I've currently taken the approach of lump sums of money. Let's let's position it in the markets or invest it in whatever our investment vehicle is over time. So then that way we're 
not just putting it all in right now because I think that could be uh, pretty emotional for people. Uh, I mean, we could win and the market could go straight up. That's fine. But if it continues to go down a little bit, that could be devastating to someone's like, um, not necessarily financial future, but just the interim of their emotion and and, um, financial. the, The cash that they had. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about like, after all this is said and done, what do you typically see when things kind of go quote unquote back to normal? Yeah. I mean, we could look at the last five, 10, maybe all the, the recessions historically of the data. It's, it's, it's actual numbers. You can see the, the years following a major downturn, the following years performance is freaking epic. So that's yeah. what happens is we don't know when the downside is or the bottom of the market is. And then we sit on the sidelines and we don't get into the market. And then you miss out on the years, the coming of epic returns that can, you know, increase your overall success of meeting your long-term goals. So what we're saying is, is this could be a major downturn, right? But mm-hmm. historically following those downturns, the years coming are phenomenal. Yeah. As yeah, in sticking so. to as in sticking to your plan, stick to your strategy. Yep. Yep. So I think that, you know, again goes into keeping your blinders on because the media is gonna have a heyday with all of that. Yeah. There there's always gonna be something in the media. There's always gonna be something to try to derail your progress. Mm-hmm. So you just need to stick to the plan. Yeah. And you have a cool study in here from Vanguard that talks about just the benefits of working with an advisor versus doing it on your own. Yeah. And, and Vanguard, if those, I'm sure everybody's heard of Vanguard, they're one of the largest financial institutions out there and they've done a study um, internally there. And, you know, they're saying working with a financial advisor, a coach, just like all our clients that coach um, their clients, uh, for accountability and for long-term success, what they've saying is that's equaled to a, like a greater than a 1.5% return on their investments over time by working on the behavioral side, by working on the coaching side of the relationship, which that's is pretty amazing. powerful. Yeah, yeah. It just shows there's a lot that we do with mm-hmm. clients that make, you know, just like on the nutrition side, just like on the finance side, there's a lot of coaching that can uh, increase um, success over time. Well, I think you also help take that emotion out of those buying decisions or pulling decisions as well. Yeah. And and the same thing, you could relate it to nutrition um, as you're working with clients or with training, working with clients, you're, you're able to influence or help guide people down the right path. Yeah. And reiterating goals and clarifying, you know, our end goal here. Right. Is if we do X, is it still going to, you know, hit our goal that we had planned? Um, Asking them those challenging questions. It was pretty cool. And then once you looked at the whole study, it's, it's north of a 3% um, increase in return over time because of all the things we do behind the scenes of the investments and rebalancing and the tax efficiency. So at the end of the day, this can equate to thousands and thousands of dollars and, and excess return, just depending on you know size of portfolios. But yeah, um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it kind of goes with this um, talk today of of sticking to a plan, sticking to a strategy, and having a guide um, along your way. 
Yep, absolutely. So just to kind of recap the episode for you guys, you know, we talked about what a recession actually means. It's two consecutive negative quarters of GDP. In other words, the total amount of goods and services. And, you know, early data has shown that, yes, it does look like we may be moving into that, but there are some numbers that still need to be validated. And so we will just have to sit and see. But In the meantime, here are some things that we can do to prepare our businesses in case we are looking into a recession. And, you know, we also want to, I guess, give the heads up that the media and, you know, the influencing space out there is always going to blow things up, always going to try to emotionally pull you in a direction. And so be aware of that by keeping those blinders on and having a plan in place. And so some things that you can do to prepare your business is to amp up your savings now because cash is absolutely king. Slow down on accelerating any debt payoff. Leave your cash for the unknown. Just be very diligent on any kind of monthly obligations that you're going to commit to. Make sure that's absolutely necessary in business if you're going to do it. If not, I would hold off till we see some better you know, economic signs or where everything's going to go. Yeah. Uh, and then the lines of credit, like I said, I mean, it'd be awful thinking that you had a $250,000 line of credit available for when it hits the fan and then the bank shuts that off and you've been running really lean on cash. So just be aware that, I mean, that is a, a crisis situation, but it's, it is possible. Yep. Have mm-hmm. it in case you need it, but be prepared to understand that cash is still going to be the primary. And then number five is just be aware of what you're investing in. Um, is it a liquid investment or is it illiquid? And are you going to have access to that cash? And is that that uh, principle subject to fluctuation um, with where we're at in the economy? So just keep in mind if it is, and you may need that in business or you may need that personally in the next 12 months, don't be investing it. Yep. And then investing during a recession, just continuing your recurring investments because you don't want to be turning that off. When you turn that off, a lot of times it's harder to get that back started again. And then should you invest with large sums of money? Yeah. And then large sums of money. I mean, that is definitely a depends answer on everybody's specific situation, but uh, we're kind of taking the stance that there will be a time to put that lump sum to work, but we also need to do it now, get some of it to work and do it over a period of time. And then finally, working with a professional or a coach will, you know, studies have shown that it will help you yield better results over time. Um, you know, and just like you guys work with, pro, have your clients work with you, um, you know, we are here to help you. So if you guys have any questions about working with um, Fit Wealth Advisors or somebody here at Fit CFO, we are happy to answer those questions for you. Go to fitcfo.com and fill out our form there. And we would be happy to set up a time to chat. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Have a great week. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram stories, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.